Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to season two of the More Jody podcast. I'm the girl who says what everyone is thinking, unapologetically myself all the time. Trust me, I was born this way and it really can't be stopped. This season, I'm sharing powerful conversations and we go deep right off the hop. Sometimes I'm even thrown off by it. Nothing is off the table. The goal of this podcast is that you will laugh, cry, and realize that you're not alone in your struggles, your challenges, your hopes, your dreams. But I have a warning for you. These conversations will make you want to do more, dig deeper, get honest and curious with yourself and live braver, bolder lives. Thanks for coming along for the ride. I have Bailey Allen on the podcast today, and 11 years ago, she started her dream business when she introed Bailey Allen Makeup. She's passionate about helping women look and feel their absolute best and embrace their true inner beauty. In this episode, Bailey and I discuss how this pandemic cracked her open, disrupted her business, and opened her eyes to the depth of her own anxiety. Come along with us as we discuss Mental Health Day and all the ways we can embrace loving those in our lives who are struggling with mental health. <laughs> Bailey Allen, welcome to the More Jody podcast. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you doing, Jody? Good. Are you nervous? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as everyone knows, every time I start a podcast, I, I, I give a big intro about someone and, I, and then they tell their story. And then Bailey just now is like... Um, I don't know what to say about my story. (laughs) We tried to figure that out, but I'm hoping that whatever you just heard before we started this, this, um, conversation was a good intro about Bailey, but we'll try and get some more details out about her. But first I'm just going to say Bailey is fun. Bailey is real. These are the things I know about Bailey in three months. Um, everyone loves her. I have had multiple people on the podcast who I'm like, who should I interview? They're like Bailey Allen. I'm like, okay. So then I started stalking Bailey Allen online. And then I realized all these different fun things about her, which she's going to have a harder time identifying. Um, but my favorite things about my new friend, Bailey, is that you're super vulnerable and real and you don't put up a front and you're working to love yourself, to love your life, to live your best life, to be honest about your mental health, to reduce or get rid of stigmas. And you just have a ton of fun all the time. Is that right? Is that, is that a fair? Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. Now Bailey, tell us where you live. I love that. (laughs) So I live in uh, East Central Alberta in a really small town called Provost. Um, I'm married, my husband, Jeremy, and we have three kids, Harper, Dylan, and Bowen. And you are how old? Uh, I always forget this. What was, what am I? 34, just about 35. Just about 35. Yeah. I had one night where I like couldn't believe I had turned 28 that was like 11 years ago and I came out of my room and was like I'm 28 and he's like yep my husband's like yep you are and I was like I I can't even believe it it's weird to to age right you never thought you'd actually forget how old you were but it's it's a real thing I remember when I turned 20 I was like sad that I wasn't a teenager anymore and now I'm in my mid-30s and I can't even remember how old I am 
I have to do the math every time and I'm not good at doing math in my head. Well, and I feel like there's, you could maybe help me this with this regarding what makeup I use, but I feel like there's a time warp between like 38 and 43 where you age significantly. And it's a really, I feel like <gasps> it's tell me that. really depressing five years. Cause my sister's <sighs> always like, she's always, she's five years ahead of me. And she's always like, yeah, this is what's coming for you. And it's not pretty. And I'm, I'm always like, oh, awesome. So I'm about to enter the time warp or I'm already in it. Yeah, I'm already yeah. a year of it. Can't wait. <laughs> Like a Can't car wait. accident. Okay. So things, things to look forward to things to look forward to. So your work, what do you do? Because I know you don't like to just talk about yourself. So I'm going to pepper you with questions that I already know the answer to. I love it. What I love do you it. you for work, Bailey Allen? Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I am a hair and makeup artist and I have been a hair and makeup artist for the past, I guess, 11 years now. I was, a hair, I was a makeup artist before we moved to Provost and then I got certified in hairstyling. So I'm not a hairdresser, but um, ha- like event hairstyling. I did that, I want to say maybe about eight, eight years ago, something like that. I literally yeah. didn't and then I, at all. I had no idea. Oh, now really? I feel like so dumb. I'm like, how did I not know that? That's no, good. It's good. Maybe that's why I should have had some sort of introduction figured out so that okay, you I'm know. learning. I'm still learning things. So that's good. So hair and um, yep. so that's yeah, so that's that's my business. And then uh, my husband and I also have a business together. We own and operate a funeral home in our town. And I am the strategy and I don't know, managing on the back end. Systems. System. I love a good system systems report I'm like the home edit girls I'm like the home edit girls did you ever watch the home edit I feel like I did it's a system yeah they were speaking to my love language do you like go there and hug people when they're sad that's what I would want to do no I'm not a hugger except that I will be I think after this pandemic because I miss (laughs) I miss people (laughs) your job that you do your job is it a passion or a fundraiser for your life what is it It's uh, hair and makeup is a passion. It's an art. There's like a part of my brain that fires when I'm in the flow, when I'm working. I love it. It's a passion. I've never, ever done it for money. That's cool. That's Mm -hmm. super cool. And I think too, that like, um, I feel like every part of every person or every person needs to have some sort of outlet where they create. Now it's totally different for everybody, right? It could be taking pictures or adult coloring books or doing makeup, or for me, it's podcasting and having conversations, but it's still my way of putting something beautiful into the world. And so what is your favorite part of that process with a, a person that you're, you know, beautifying? I think just watching them, like when they first come through the door, because we ask everybody to come, you know, with day old hair and no makeup on. Um, We get a lot of people who walk through the doors that like, they're hoping they didn't run into anybody on their way to the studio. Um, So they kind of walk in and their shoulders are slumped a little bit, kind of, you know, good morning or hello. And they sit down and by the time they're leaving, like you can kind of watch them start to kind of pick themselves up in the chair a little bit as you as you keep going with the makeup application um by the time they're leaving they feel like rock stars oh I love like they love they're loving all over themselves yeah yeah and I think that's probably my favorite part seeing that transformation in their 
in their, in their mm-hmm. fa- even how it's so physical. Like how you said, you mm-hmm. notice them like sit a little taller, mm-hmm. feel a little bit better. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I go back and forth even with the term look good, feel good, um, or the term fake it till you make it. Cause I could go either way on those quotes. And yet I know like last week I got my hair done and I got my, my nails done and my toes, which I honestly hadn't had those done in like three years. And I said to my husband, I feel exceptional. And I know it's vanity, but I think presenting yourself in a way that makes you feel proud, makes you feel proud. And it, it does change things. You walk different, you hold yourself different, you smile different, you laugh different. There's so much about it. And I think that's the part, if you like, when you follow along with my Instagram, um, it's not body positivity, although I very much believe everybody is a bikini body if you put a bikini on it. Um, but it's not body positivity, positivity. It's, it's that self-love journey that we're all on. And I think I just, I'm always just waiting for that person to walk through the door that feels as good walking in as they do walking out. Yeah. And I I have yet to see it. I make videos all the time, like similar to you and without makeup, similar to you. And I was thinking the other day how funny it is because the way my videos lined up in a row on my Instagram, it was like, perfect makeup face, super sweaty running face, kind of like at home, regular day face. And I was like, these look like three different women. (laughs) I was like laughing. It is such an interesting transformation, right? But it's bringing out, Mm -hmm. it's accentuating the natural features a person has. And that's so cool. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You're not, you're not changing them. So tell us about the toughest obstacles that you faced along the way in your 11 years um, or eight years um, that you've been do beautifying people? Uh, the toughest thing I have had is going from hustle mode. And I hate the word hustle, but going from hustle mode to mom. Oh, yeah. I have a really hard time shutting my work brain off. I like to work. I like to be productive. I like to I like to fill my days. I like to be busy. Um, and the hardest part was finally facing the fact that um, I was too busy. It was too much. And then almost feeling like I was letting people down when we started saying no more than we normally would. Right. That was really hard. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting thing. And do you feel like in your heart, you're like a true entrepreneur? Yeah. I can't imagine working for somebody. No. Like I can't imagine waking up and like having to go to a job. For someone else. Yeah. 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 Cause I think, I think, I think that's the, the toughest part for someone who's really driven, but I think it's good for us, you know, because I, I feel the same way. And um, one of my things is trying to just be present and still with my kids and, and my, and, and to really try to like mentally be there. Cause like, I can sit beside you on the couch, but like, Lord knows I am planning next week's meals and I am, you know, like prepping all that stuff. And so um, that's been, but all those practices um, are really good for us, even though, and, and struggle and adversity and all those things like learning um, how to prioritize that really teaches you your priorities, right? Because you're like, I love this business. I'm passionate about it, but what is my legacy? My legacy is these kids. 
right? Mm-hmm. And and how you balance that. Yep. Like, I'm with you. That's that's really hard for me. And then I think, um, you know, even earlier this spring, you talked about taking a step back. Um, and you changed directions a couple of months ago. What, what did you do when you changed directions and why did you make that choice? So I'd been feeling it coming on for quite a while. Um, I was feeling too busy. I was feeling frantic and I felt like I was letting a lot of people down and I was letting a lot of things fall through the cracks. And that's really hard for me. I am, I guess, without a better term basically just like a perfectionist through and through um and I was just it was getting too hard and I was it was like I need to hire an assistant I need to do this maybe I need to train somebody I need to bring them on but then it's more to manage what do I do the chicken or the egg like what do you do first Mm -hmm. um and then the pandemic hit and it almost in reality it almost made the decision for me right then and there that like I had to stop. There was no, I I wasn't allowed to just keep going. I had to stop. The, the world stopped for a moment. Um, and then the thought of when we were allowed to go back to work, I wasn't ready. Every time I thought about going back to work, it was like my kids were still at home and I was still mm-hmm. teaching them from home and trying to figure out how we're supposed to end the school year. And I've got clients sending us messages wondering how they can get in. And I I went from working six days a week to barely being able to catch my breath thinking about going back to the studio and serving people because I just didn't even have time to serve myself, let alone anybody else at that point in time. So the pivot came, it was a, it was a long time coming. Uh, there was a ton of talks with Jeremy. Thank God he's a grief educator because I think he just oh, yeah. helped me. <laughs> I think he just helped me through the waves of the grief that I was feeling for this, this part of the business that I had worked so hard to build that I just, I couldn't bring myself to a point where I could actually verbally say the words and say, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with lashes. I'm done with, um, facial waxing. Like I'm, I'm done with those things, but I also feel like I was in a really unique experience because I didn't have one client on the books that I didn't like. I loved everybody. I enjoyed our chats. I, I looked forward to everybody's appointments. I loved seeing my clients. My clients ranged in age from 18 to 76 and they were amazing. So it was, it took a long time for me to finally say, okay, I'm done. Like I need to move on from this. It's not serving my life anymore. So you pared down then you didn't shut completely, but you streamlined kind of your, that's right. That's right. So the business, uh, the studio started with makeup. Um, and that's essentially, I'm going back to the basics for myself so that I can just be a seasonal worker now. Not, I guess not seasonal. We do a lot of family photos, um, makeup for family photos throughout the year as well, but for the most part, it's seasonal. Like our wedding season is anywhere from March to November and then we have a bit of a slower season where we can kind of catch our breath um so I essentially announced that I wouldn't be doing facial waxing and lashes anymore and I started um training Kaylee who works with me on some of the things that I I was doing so that she could start to add them to her repertoire oh that's cool so it'll still be at your studio it's just you won't be doing it Mm -hmm. that's right 
and she's amazing. She's so coachable and she's just naturally talented in the beauty industry. Like she was meant to be here all along. (laughs) And it makes me think about um, if we hold everything really close because we feel like we have to do everything. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when we release something like that, it, it allows that space for that relationship, that mentorship with that other person. Right. And I think that's, that's, you'll get so much more out of that usually. Um, and there's so much abundance there in being able to, you know, share and mentor and grow her. Um, and that fills up your bucket like in a different way, which is really cool. Absolutely. Like helping her on this journey um, like you said, it just, it fills my bucket. It, it truly makes me so happy, but I, I think part of it, she's kind of ruined me, right? Because like for mentorships, now I have all these strict questions. <laughs> Are you open-minded? <laughs> Do you like to have fun? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. She's just, she's so coachable. She, she listens intently. She knows how to take information from her brain and move it into her hands. So like she, I ask her, you know, how do you like to learn? And then we can move on in that, in that aspect so that she's learning in the best way that's possible for her. Um, She's just, she's just so talented and it has truly just like filled my soul in a way that I just didn't think was ever possible. Watching bloom into the artist and the service provider that she is has made me so incredibly happy. Well, I'm so grateful because now my clients have a really great person to go to. I'm not leaving them high and dry like I thought I was. And that was the hardest part for me is that I'm just leaving all of these people who relied on me and I'm just gone, even though that wasn't the reality. I mean, right. It's just lashes. It's just waxing. They can go anywhere. (laughs) But there's like something, you know, you know, there's something like moving to a different province and having to leave my hairdresser behind. And, you know, those it's so funny. If someone has a disease, they have a team of specialists, like a rheumatologist. They have all these people that they work with. And that's sort of like, it sort of takes a team to make a woman. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it sounds dumb, but when you have your team and then you move away, finding a new team is not awesome. It's not. And so as much as you can downplay it, it, it does matter. And you know, that people tell their hairdresser and their makeup artist and their lash girl and their nail girl, things they don't tell everybody else. Yeah. You know, and you're safe Mm -hmm. there. It's like when you go to the grocery store and the lady's like, how are you today? And you're like, I'm four weeks pregnant. And she's like, what? (laughs) You're like, don't tell anybody, but I have to tell someone. So I'm going to tell you. Right. But it's like, it's like that sort of thing. Like you're safe with those services. I actually had that happen. I had that happen actually, as, um, I was working a wedding and it, it's funny. It was a, it was a bridesmaid who I had done her makeup so many times. Um, she'd been in a lot of the wedding parties that I had done and then she was my bride and then she was in a few more weddings. And so I didn't have to ask her her skin type. I didn't have to ask her like her lash preference or anything. I already knew we had worked together so many times. Um, And so I had to actually ask her one question because I was like, hmm, this is different, right? And she (laughs) kind of did the like, had to like look behind her, make sure nobody was there. And she was just like, I'm pregnant and I feel like shit. And my skin is just like, it's just, it's doing its own thing. I don't know what it's doing, but don't tell anybody. Nobody here knows. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. This is too much pressure. (laughs) I love it though. I think, I think it's cool. I think that makes you a good secret keeper. Um, so taking a step back and so, so really the pandemic benefited you. It helped you make life choices you didn't want to make. Is that true? 
yeah, it forced me to make choices that I don't know that I would have made otherwise. When, <laughs> when things kick up again, I'm like, where are we going? And how many nights of the week and what? So yeah, there were, I like to be negative Nelly about it, but there've definitely been some high points. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my podcasting and my coaching um, with women in business and stuff like that's going to have to take a, a back burner when hockey starts. And you know what I mean? So there's mm-hmm. definitely... Mm-hmm. There's definitely some high points to that. So let's talk mental health. So Mm -hmm. recently, I don't know what the challenge was called, but it was like show your drugs or what was the challenge called that you just recently did? Yeah, it was taking my mental health meds. Okay. It was amazing. Did you, did you follow along with any of the other people that did it or did you just see mine? Just yours. So what ended up happening is there was, a public figure um, that recently did an IGTV. I don't want to say his name because I don't want to give him any more exposure than he deserves. Okay. (laughs) Um, But he claims to be a mental health advocate. Um, He is a I I don't know if he's a lifestyle coach or what kind of coach he is, but definitely advertises that he's a mental health advocate. And um, in his video was basically saying, um, like finding the root cause to your mental illness. Um, The problem, the problem with it I feel like if I describe it too much, it's just going to like out this guy. And I just, I really, I really just don't, I just don't believe in cancel culture. That's not what this is. I don't believe in cancel culture. I just believe in accountability. Um, And when you do harm to a community and you don't realize it, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But when people call you out for the harm that you are causing a community and then you stick up for yourself, for what you said, that's extremely dangerous. So the concern was with some of the things that he was mentioning in his video is if he was catching a, I have friends with schizophrenia, I have friends with bipolar, I have friends with anxiety and depression. I like there's friends with PTSD. Say my friend with PTSD is having a really low day. She's extremely vulnerable. If she's watching something on social media or she phones me for advice or she phones me just to talk and I accidentally give her advice over the phone and she's having a low day, she might take that to the bank because that's the, that's where her brain is working that day. His social media video could have potentially caught people on a bad day because he advertises that he's a mental health advocate. Right. And some of the things that he was saying could have caught people on a bad day and they could have taken that to the bank. And we know of people who are, who started to question, you know, taking their medications, you know, maybe it's was not he saying you shouldn't me. take medication sort of. He, so he, he didn't outright say, don't take medication. He said, I was prescribed all of this medication all of these years ago for this, this, and this. And I was given a label and everybody just wants a label, but with exercise and diet, um, you can, you can fix your life. If I could eat a salad to get rid of my anxiety, I'd eat 
a salad at every meal. Yeah. <laughs> if I could go for a run um, and have my ovaries start working again, where do you want me to run to? Yeah. Like I'll run. It's not that simple. It's not that simple. And if you are actually a mental health advocate, when a rape victim with PTSD comments and says, this is dangerous um, and is extremely respect respectful about it. You know, this is dangerous because of this, 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 and this. And because of my PTSD, this is why I need to take my mental health meds. And I think you really need to reconsider this video. He stood up for himself and said, have you considered the root cause of your PTSD? Yes, the rape. So for, I would say about a 48 hour period, it's, it's, I mean, it's still going on. It's slowly starting to dwindle, um, but it is still going on. Um, Blake Lotes is one of the gals that started this and her friend Natasha was the other one that started it. Um, and we started this, they, we, not me, I joined in. Uh, they started this hashtag called uh, taking my mental health meds. Yeah, taking my mental health meds. Um, and everybody hashtagged and started sharing their stories and why they take their mental health meds and why they're not embarrassed, why they don't feel like a victim, why it makes their life better, why they will continue to take their meds. That's really interesting. Like that's because even as much as there is um, more support than there used to be, there is and there isn't. Because it's crazy to me because I feel yeah. like when I kind of outed myself, I remember feeling like, oh God, everybody talks about this. Everybody talks about mental health. There is no stigma. I'm not ashamed to talk about it. I'm not embarrassed. I don't feel less than. I don't feel better than. But I feel like we talk about it. But then when I've gotten text messages from people who are texting me about something totally different. And then at the end of our messages, it's like, oh, and hey, I wanted to just thank you for sharing your story. It encouraged me to reach out for help with this, this, and this. And like, I just, I like, I guess I felt like I was sharing a story that had been shared so many times. It was just, it was just my version of the story. And people I had no idea were struggling or thanking me. <laughs> right. Well, and I, and I think too, like, God gives some of us boldness and courage to share more than others. And that's where mm -hmm. we have to use that ability that we've mm -hmm. been given because, and even it's like how I always say that like vulnerability comes so natural to me. Like I'm the one who you're mm -hmm. like, why did you tell me you have a rash? I didn't want to know. Like, I'm like, someone talk to me about my rash. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, but I think that I'm realizing now that that's something that's been given to me so that I can help other people be more free. Right. And so I think, um, but it's interesting because I always think of the movies you watch where there's like these awesome people and then he's bipolar and then he goes off his meds because he feels like he can't feel when he's on his meds It take it numbs everything. It takes his feeling. And then you see him go off his meds and then it like destroys his whole life. And he's like lost on a train somewhere. And you're always like, just take your meds. And so I feel like we're, we're so back and forth. Like in some ways we're so supportive. Um, this winter, I, I thought I, I struggled with depression a lot this winter and I've never really, I don't think I've ever struggled. I should say, um, 
like different, if different things happen in your life, you have bouts of like sadness and grief, but not depression the way I felt where it felt like I couldn't tell what caused it. Like it was like, it was just Mm -hmm. happening to me and nothing happens Mm -hmm. to me, but it was happening to me. Right. Like that's, I'm the person that's like, no, this is not happening to me. Um, and that sort of thing. But I, I really felt that. And then I, um, would go to bed at night and my chest like, it would be like, I'm having a great evening. My family's happy. You know, we're all hunkering down, loving each other. And I go to lay down and I feel like something's like a 200 pound weight sitting on my chest, you know? And I definitely, I feel like there are also, I think I can't imagine what we'll know in like 40 years about this stuff. Cause we don't know half, yeah. half of it. I'm sure. Cause part of me thinks that, um, I have a very stressful job and I lead five insurance offices and it's very, um, and during a pandemic, <laughs> right? Like with people, you know, needing time off for their mental illness or being physically sick and all these different things. And, um, there's just so much more to juggle. And I'm like an avid people lover. So I hurt when they hurt because I love them and it's genuine. I can't Mm -hmm. not love them. I would love to not love them, but I can't stop myself. Um, so then I go Mm -hmm. to bed and I can feel that weight on my chest. Um, but I do feel like they're going to come out eventually and tell us that there are like the, the chemicals around us cause these things the, you know, the changes in our, um, that, that we, that people didn't have to deal with like 65, 70 years ago, you know, and I think there's so much like, I know this people are going to tune out right now, but like, even I always say, like, I don't have a microwave and I say like the 5g Wi-Fi, like, I feel like those sorts of things aren't doing us any sort of service. We're having more autoimmune. We're having all, like all this stuff is increasing and it's definitely, Um, I'm going to be really interested to see, you know, what they say of it years from now, but it's interesting how there is such, like, I didn't end up on medication. Um, but I think if I still felt the way I was feeling now, it would be time to take a different step because, you know, the things that I was applying to my problem wasn't working. And I think recognizing when it is time to make that choice for you, right? Like, Um, so I don't know who this person is or what this debate was about, although I will be, (laughs) you will be telling me offline after I'll tell you that (laughs) now I have to know, but I do, I I have been the person, I don't think that ever would have told people they shouldn't take medication. Cause I look at that as something like, I just don't know. I'm not a doctor, right? Like I wouldn't. And just, yeah. And just to be clear, he, he did say, um, that he's not a doctor and that, um, he's not looking to give medical advice. It's what he said and how he said it. And he did not tell anybody to go off of their mental health meds. But if you were somebody who was having a low day because you suffer from mental illness, that is possibly what you could have heard from that. Well, and you just don't know. Um, I spent a ton of time this, this winter researching, maybe that's why I felt so depressed, um, rape and sexual abuse, um, like long-term sexual abuse in women. And I... I can't even imagine like the triggers of like, you hear a sound and it just, it's still like, it, I literally get shivers and it breaks my heart. But of one woman said like my bedroom door, if one of my kids opens my door in the night, like I'm 35 years old and I hear that door creak in the night. And I just like my whole body just has a physical reaction to that sound. And I think you just don't know what someone's living with unless you're them you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's like, mm-hmm. oh, that like makes me teary, but it's true. Like you don't know what someone's pain is and you don't know where it stemmed from. And a lot of times they don't know where it stemmed from. Like I was certain this winter that my job was killing me. 
I was like, mm-hmm. my job is killing me. And my sister was like, maybe it's your blood pressure. Maybe it's not anxiety at night. And then I checked my blood pressure and that was fine. And I was like, but I knew mm-hmm. something was physically happening in my body, you know? And so mm-hmm. I I'm thankful for, for people, for challenges like this, that show other people just around us that you're like, Oh, Bailey's such a happy go lucky lady with like a healthy family. And then you're like, you know what? Like I couldn't get out of bed today. I couldn't Mm -hmm. face the world. And so for people to hear Mm -hmm. that, I think, I think that's like one of the first things that I think will create true change in that and true advocacy in an area that's like, because people have to be vulnerable for other people to hear it. It can't Mm -hmm. be like, well, the the thing is, is, I actually, um, and I said this to my mom and dad when we talked to my mom and dad about it. Um, I didn't, I actually didn't realize when I, when the medication started working for me. Um, I actually didn't realize that people didn't feel like that all the time. <laughs> I've, I've, I've felt anxious my entire life. Um, I've never not felt anxious. This pandemic just kind of cracked me wide open. And like we said at the beginning, nobody's loving it. But if I'm grateful for something, I am grateful that it made me slow down. And I'm grateful that it made me sink into who I am. And it really brought these things to the surface, no matter how ugly they got for me. Um, But um, yeah, when I told my parents, it just made so much sense to them. And I knew it would because I just kind of started putting the puzzle together almost in reverse. It was like, I just started like looking back on my life and yeah, that makes sense. I was having an anxiety attack. I just didn't know it. That makes sense. I, you know, was having a depressed day. I just didn't know it, you know, and God, I'm 34, almost 35. And I just, I just started medication this year. And I just think of how much time I've lost in some areas of my life that it just didn't have to be that hard. So interesting. That's so interesting. And I think that's, I never even thought of it that way of like, if you've always felt that way in, in talking to people about um, sexual abuse. And when I would talk to people, they're like, what are you working on for the podcast? It was like, every woman was like, I have no memory of ever being a virgin. My sexual abuse started so young or you know, like my mom told me it was my fault. Um, like literally so many stories that I just felt like I couldn't even carry the weight of it, but it was all around me. And the lie similar to mental health, the lie with these, um, people who've been sexually abused or have had sexual trauma, those people are all around us too, living with this Mm -hmm. living, you know, what is the, do you know what the statistic is? is It's one in four, but I don't believe it. It's one in four for women and one in 13 for males. And I think that there are more males, but they don't come forward. Um, And I think that there are probably more than one in four women because I can't believe, um, I couldn't believe the number of people who are like, when I started saying that this is what I was working on with the podcast. And I, I have never had, I had like a little incident in grade five, but I've never had anything like a serious incident. And I, I couldn't believe how many people, as soon as I would say something, they're like, yeah, I experienced blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I experienced blah, blah, blah. And, um, the thing that happened when I was in grade five, um, it was these, these two boys kind of attacked a friend and I, this is totally not what I was thinking we were going to talk about today, but, um, attacked a friend and I on the bus and, you know, had their hands up our shorts and, and fondling kind 
kind of stuff. And it was just like, it was, it was so fast. And it was one of those things where I was in grade five. And, um, after my friend and I went and told the bus driver and she literally said, you probably brought it on. It was like off of some, it was like off of a movie where you're like, so I went home and didn't tell my parents, obviously, cause I didn't want to get in trouble. And, and I can remember the sounds. I can remember the shorts I was wearing. I can remember the shirt I was wearing. Like, it's just like the weirdest thing, you know? And my friend told her mom. And so then her mom called my mom and I was like, well, I wasn't going to tell you because I didn't want to get in trouble. And as parents, like I think now about my own kids and now I'm like over the top. Yeah. I'm like, has anyone ever tried to diddle you? Like I'm always like, <laughs> oh my God, way too many questions now. My kids are like, mom, but you just don't know because there's no shortage of creepy uncles. There's no shortage of um, deviant people. That's not going away. And if anything, it's probably getting worse in some ways. And it felt, it hadn't, I didn't even have a big story to share. You know what I mean? Like, but, but people. But even so, I guess, Jody, like that happened to you. First of all, I'm really sorry that that happened to you. And thank you for sharing that with me. Um, but like, did you go and talk to somebody about it? Yeah, I did. And the bus driver got fired, which was like awesome, actually. So I'm like, you don't tell a kid that. And I'm like, I'm such a lover of like kids and youth. And I'm like such a believer that like, we have to be brave enough to hear their stories. We're the grownups. Yeah. Right. Like man up grownups and get into your kids' lives. So you did, you did go to therapy and you talked to somebody about it, about what happened. Yeah. I did talk to somebody about what happened, but I think. So, but, but think about all of those women who wouldn't have gone to therapy or wouldn't, didn't tell anybody, they, maybe you're the first person that they've told, or maybe you're one totally. of five people that knows, and they, they don't have the tools to even deal with it, let alone talk about it. Like one of the things that I could see myself in this person who I don't know who they are, but accidentally saying, like what I noticed was, is it because it's not an area, I have a ton of experience. I don't have any experience really. Um, my heart's in the right place. I want to love people mm-hmm. and I want to, um, I want you to look at your kids, uncles and, and grandpas and aunts. And I want us to be aware of who we're trusting our kids with. I want awareness for all that. But what I realized really quickly was a lot of people didn't like that. I wanted to talk about it. Like they want to talk about it, but not mm-hmm. publicly. And, and it's because it's such a raw issue. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think the one that's where I think we need brave people like you to say, this is the, these are the meds I'm taking. I can't get out of bed in the morning mm-hmm. sometimes, or like for what I was going to say, I'm off on such a tangent, but, um, I was going to talk about forced politeness. And I think with anxiety and depression mm-hmm. and all of the public, um, events that people have gone to over the years where they didn't feel comfortable either with the people there didn't feel comfortable. Something in their body said like, I shouldn't like, that's your intuition talking. And, and a lot of times I think we've ignored that out of forced politeness. And one of my big things with kids and women is I'm like, when you feel something in your gut, you listen to it. You don't ask it if it's wrong or if it's stupid, you follow what it says. Right. Because I think so often, and so many of the little stories that I read about girls and sexual abuse was they did something out of forced politeness. The neighbor asked me to come over to his house and he's my neighbor and he's an adult. So I listened or I went to a party and I didn't want to be rude. Like, so I stayed, I went, you know, like there's so there's always forced politeness in these stories. And it kind of is like, when you talk about mental health, it's like, we make assumptions that people who are weak need drugs. 
really? And then all of a sudden you're like, well, I don't identify as weak, so I don't need this, but maybe you do. And, or maybe like you said, you're anxious your whole life that you've literally never known what it's like to feel light and joyful, Mm -hmm. which like makes me. Yeah. Because it's, because it's always, it's always been masked and that, that feeling of basically doing things out of alignment. That's what I would call it is if I'm trying to do things out of alignment, I've been living my life like that. I've been essentially living out of alignment. Um, Large groups of people are really hard for me, loud rooms. So if I have somebody sitting next to me, talking to me, but there's a group of people really close to us talking, um, I almost can't, it's like sensory overload for me. Um, And then I get really nervous because I hear these people and they're trying to include me in the conversation. You know, when you're at a party and you're having a conversation with somebody, but then they're trying to include you in another conversation off to the side. Like, I can't do that. It, it makes me like I, I panic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's like, I either need to focus on you here or I need to move over to this conversation, but I can't do both. Can we just move over to here and just have like a group conversation? Yeah. <laughs> um, so large groups of people and loud small spaces are really hard for me. Um, last minute changed plans are really hard for me. So this pandemic has been such a struggle for me um, and just so many triggers. And I'm so grateful for therapy because that is kind of my lifeline at this point in time to help me get through some of these lockdowns and then open up and then lock down and then open up. Um, I've had a lot of, with my business, I, I mean, we're, we're serving brides and they're all excited for their wedding day and grads are excited for their big milestone. And this, last 15 months honestly I've just had this feeling of like I'm just letting people down because I'm not willing to break the rules or I'm just letting people down because they they want this from me and and I'm just not willing to give it to them and it like I will stay up at night yeah (laughs) it's it's too much pressure I think and I, I I I would have conversations with Jeremy about it and we just it was like I would go around in circles and around in circles and he's just like this isn't worth it like you can't you can't keep living like this like you're not even sleeping or yeah like like there's nothing you can do you didn't make the rules and I know that like cognitively I know I didn't make the rules but I am left to feel like I'm letting all of these people down and I don't like it any more than anybody else does I love my job I love my job. And now I, I feel like I'm kind of in this place of what, like, do I stay in this job and continue to feel like this? Or do I medicate and try to stay in this job, get the tools that I need to stay in this job? That's, that's what I want. And that's what I'm working towards. But I just, it's too much. You can't do it all. And you can't, you can't be made to feel and nobody can make you feel anyway, right? Nobody can make you feel mm-hmm. something. But I always was living out of the space of they're making me feel so guilty. Well, they're not making me feel oh. guilty. I just feel guilty, right? That's, this is a me thing. But um, that's been really hard. I'm always, every time we get an email, like you talk about like the sound of the door, or you talk about, um, you know, what you're wearing. For me, it's the sound of my email. I have to shut all of my notifications off because as soon as we get an email from a bride, I'm instantly just like, (gasps) like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. 
and I have to go through my, I have like deep breathing techniques that I have to do. Um, and usually if it's been a heavy day, like the last couple of weeks, we've had a lot of rescheduling happening because we're supposed to be locked down for three weeks, um, which this should be the last week. We should be able to open up next week. Um, but like we're missing out. We're missing out on grads. We're missing out on weddings. And people are asking like, what can we do for them? And the reality is, is we have signed contracts and we have to follow them because if we're going to be here next year, we have to follow these contracts. And I just, I just hate it. I hate it. It's really audacious and courageous that you pick this, that industry. If you have anxiety, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Do you see that? Well, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, yeah, I guess maybe if I had actually known that I had anxiety, maybe I wouldn't have picked it. I don't know. Like, it's just, I don't know. if, if I think it is about really hard, I have, I stress. have a really, I have a really hard time with it. Yeah. I have a really hard time with it. Mm -hmm. Like it's, like, it's not going well, like I'm not doing a good job of it, but I almost like would bet that everybody feels like that. Yeah, I would, I would bet. <laughs> I don't know if anybody is listening to this and, and has anxiety. I feel like there are days they go to work and they just feel like they're just doing everything wrong because one thing went wrong and now they just feel like the rest of the day is shot. But I mean, I would love to know that, but that's how I feel. I feel like it's not going well. I feel like I'm not doing a good job of manage managing my anxiety while I manage a business while trying to take care of people even though I'm just over here trying to really take care of myself it's an awkward dance have you read the gifts of imperfection <laughs> have you read the gifts of yeah 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 I was gonna say because I'm like trying like I can hear you know the people pleaser the desire to be perfect. I always tell mm -hmm. my kids, I'm like, well, no one's perfect. So get over it. Like you're not perfect. Mm -hmm. No one's gonna be perfect, but you're in an industry mm -hmm. trying to create a perfect experience on the most important day of their life. Like, right. Like all of that together is, yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's really, but I mean, really, if you're going to push through a struggle, you've picked it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You're in the oh, fire, yeah. you're being refined, <laughs> you're in the fire and, and you will, like, you will get it. I think mm -hmm. it's just, mm -hmm. it's that believing in yourself that you will find a way to navigate it. You'll find a way to still yep. do what you love. Yep. It's just on your own yep. terms and good for you because mm -hmm. it should be, mm -hmm. you know, it should Absolutely. be on terms. And maybe there's even a, a teacher in you. I don't know. Teaching and mentoring other mm -hmm. women. Is that a thing for you? Yeah, actually, I've taken on a few mentorships this year, which has been really nice because it's a lot easier to reschedule a mentorship than it is a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> so if we have an in-studio uh, mentorship booked, it's easy for us to bump it until we can open back up. Um, online mentorships have been really great as far as like organization, new makeup artists or new hairstylists trying to get into the wedding industry. Those have been awesome because they've essentially just paid me to pick my brain. Yeah. And those, those virtual ones are my favorites because no matter what happens, we can go through with those ones. So those ones are really good for my anxiety because we don't have to really change anything last minute. Like nothing's going to interfere. Yeah. I would think finding different ways to like run your race, but in a way like that works better for your own brain and your own blood pressure. Right. And yeah, one, it's been nice because yeah. I can do it right from the comfort of my own home. I can put my kids to bed and then I can head in and I can get some work done. It's yeah. perfect. Now that I also yeah. do absolutely love. I'm like, if I never have to commute again, I miss my podcasts and my books on tape, but 
no, I, I'm here with you. I totally agree. Um, okay. So talking about people pleasing and all that good stuff, yeah. what role do the opinions of others have in your life? Or what, what would you uh, like that is, What role would you like it to have? Oh, I would like it to take a back seat. I would really love for it to be just, you know, that quiet backseat passenger. <laughs> I struggle with this because I don't feel like I have a need to be liked, but I don't like to hurt people's feelings and I don't like um, making people upset. That's really hard for me to digest. Um, and I feel like, I feel like I've done a lot of that over the course of the last 15 months. Um, I work really hard to be a good person. And the thing that I've had the hardest time with is trying to find that human element while trying to keep a business viable. Um, in order to keep my doors open, we have to have money coming in and going out. It's just it's just simple business 101. If you make money, you can run a business. <laughs> right. You can have your business if you have revenue. Um, if I could keep my business open and give everybody their money back because I love everybody that books with us, I would do that. Not because I want to be liked, not because I want people to love me, but because I just think our world just needs good people, especially now. Um, I've had a really hard time making uh, the hard decisions in business because it makes me feel like I'm a bad person. Um, and that's probably the mantra that I've had to tell myself a lot over the last 15 months is I've had to say like, I'm a good person. I am generous. I am kind. Um, I, I have great people in my corner, um, but having, there, there is nothing like telling a bride that you can't give them their money back because their money is already gone. It's already paid for the rent at the studio. It's already paid for the artist to block off time to be available to them that day. It's already paid for all of the admin work because the assistant has already booked you in and done everything. It's paid for resources that we've given to you to make sure that your day goes off without a hitch. Um, that has been my least favorite conversation. That's really this hard. Year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I'm only in control of how I respond to those emails when they come in saying, can I have my money back because you didn't provide this service for me, even though it's laid out very clear in the contract. Um, the, the answer is no. And here's why, you know, this was all explained mm -hmm. to you. If they reply to us, um, it's typically not replies that you want to continue to reread. And a lot of times they just don't reply and they'll just ghost us. And that's hard because we we genuinely care about the people that are choosing us. We're we're excited 
to be a part of people's days. We're excited to do our job and this pandemic is standing in the way of all of us. <laughs> and it's killing small businesses like yours. It is crushing small businesses like ours and our government, our Alberta government is leaving us small guys as being the messengers. And it's, it's a really shitty spot to be in. No kidding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even just like, oh, even, yeah, this is like what people need to hear though. People need to hear from a small business owner about what that feels like. Cause I feel like there's just like the trauma that's going to come out of that. Like, I don't feel like I'm, I'm a pretty tough business lady. <laughs> My partners would be like, no, you're not. Um, um, did I just say go around <laughs> hugging people? Um, but I, I would have a really hard time reading that. Like I, I, that, I, I, like my heart goes out to you. Cause I'm like, that would be gross. That would be really hard. And I think it's difficult because I think from the business owner or from a management perspective, you can see the logic in it. But if you're a bride or a prospective bride or one of our brides that we've not been able to return your money to, I think you see it from a different lens and it just doesn't matter. Yeah. And brides, well, if I think about being a bride myself, like, is there ever a less emotionally, is there ever a more emotionally charged time in your life? No. It's so important. It's such an important day. You've spent all this time and you've spent all this money to have this day and have this beautiful dress and you get to feel beautiful and it's finally your day. You know, I think of these people who have been waiting for a ring for six years and then they get a ring and now they're getting married during a pandemic. This isn't what they were waiting for. No. This is not what they wanted. No. And but that's this, it. This is what, what they're getting and it's garbage. It is garbage. One thing I would say is someone five years, your senior, I'm very wise lady, um, is I think, I think those opinions, like you are a good woman. I think you need to stop thinking about those people as your judge because they're not your judge, you know? Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that, uh, my judge is, uh, is myself and, She's pretty hard on you too. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm the hardest on myself. So the thing is, is that it doesn't really, you know, whatever a bride has said to us or whatever a bride has said about our business through, through this entire process, like we've, I've already had those conversations with myself. I've already had to have those reckonings and it's no more fun going through it, listening to yourself, say it to you, um, than hearing it, it go around where you live. (laughs) So, yeah. I just want you to find more kindness for yourself. Yeah, that's what my psychologist is saying too. (laughs) We're all so smart. Um, But I do, I think like I listen to you and I think like, um, I know you get, I mean, you see those emails firsthand and stuff, but my heart is like, you're not perfect. You're never going to be perfect. You can't please everybody, especially Mm -hmm. in a pandemic. Um, You know, I, I have people clients and stuff. And people are just angry. They're also looking for someone to blame, you know, and it's an opportunity to remind my kids of how we react or how we respond to people when we're upset, Mm -hmm. you know, it's such a character building time, but, but like, yeah, like 
I don't know, but you're def you've definitely been refined in the fire in your life. And especially in this last year and only true beauty is going to come out of it. But my fear is that you won't even recognize it in yourself, mm -hmm. you know, and I would just, just encourage you to not miss that because the, the work and the, the struggle that's come from this, like those, I always say that the best people have the toughest stories and you're one of those people. Mm -hmm you know? And so it's like, but don't miss it for yourself. Cause you're such a tough judge. That's my mom advice for you. Okay. Um, okay. So thanks Jody. Has vulnerability always come natural for you? Or is this like something you've had to just accept as part of healing? No, I, I come from a family that is very like, you don't air your dirty laundry. And I never really truly knew what that meant. Because I was always the one in our family that my parents were like, you need a filter. Like, have you ever heard of a filter? <laughs> I'm the same, same person in the family. That's funny. <laughs> but for me, I guess I've always just been in this place that, like, if it needs to be said, then let's say it. All while trying to remember, like, we don't air our dirty laundry, even though I didn't really know what that meant. So I always just was like, oh, we don't share anything. But then I feel like this needs to be said. So I've always right. just kind of done this awkward dance. Vulnerability has not been easy for me. And I would say I'm still learning a lot. Um, I'm extremely grateful for my husband. He is like a rock. And he's just so... I hope he doesn't listen to this. He's definitely going to listen to this. He is so smart and he is, he's so kind. And he was the one who said, you should talk about it. He didn't say you need to talk about it. He said, you should talk about it if you're comfortable with it. And then he said, I would, I was like, of course you would. <laughs> but he talks about everything. <laughs> he's like you. He talks about everything. Nothing is off the table. And so sharing is not something that comes easy for me because I'm always doing the awkward dance of try not to air my dirty laundry, even though I don't really know what my dirty laundry is. So now yeah. I'm just kind of like putting it out there and hoping it can help somebody because I know hearing other people's stories was really helpful for me. Um, but he, he really, really helped me. I watch him be vulnerable every day. I watch him be vulnerable with our kids. I watch him be vulnerable with me. Um, and it's just a running joke with me and my friends that uh, like, I have a cold black heart because I don't cry at movies, but like, I don't know those people. So it doesn't spark an emotion in me, <laughs> but if like something were to happen in their life, I would be very upset. Totally. But I love them. <laughs> so I think it's been it's been a change, I think, for everybody around me, for me to talk about it. Um, I don't often, I think I don't often cry, but I mostly just cry when I talk about the people that I love the most or the, mm -hmm. the things that have been the hardest for me. Um, but truly, like, the people that I love the most have been the ones who have stood by me and picked me up when things have been the hardest this year, for sure this year. Um, so I'm just super grateful for all of my kind people in my corner, but especially my husband, because he does vulnerability like a boss and I've just learned so much from him. So 
Well, and he's going to, spoiler alert, he's going to be on the podcast and leave. First oh, man, first man to be on the so More Jody podcast. So he is such a good pick for the first man. I think he likes the sound of his own voice. So it'll go well. <laughs> it should probably be a two part. You guys are not going to stay on track. It should probably be a two part. <laughs> well, and grief is like one of my favorite topics. One of my favorite topics. I, I love to talk about the hard stuff. And, you know, when you say that about dirty laundry, it made me think about like that saying is like an olden days kind of saying. My kids think the olden days is like 1985, right? So, but we were watching Enola Holmes. Have you seen Enola Holmes, <laughs> the movie? So it's nope. Sherlock Holmes. Nope. You should watch it. It's Sherlock Holmes's little sister. And okay. I want to, I make up that this is like early 1920s or something. Women have not gotten the right to vote. So maybe it's like 1910, but I was trying to explain to my son about how women were, were there just to be wives and they were taught to be, um, you know, seen and not heard. And we laugh like this, <laughs> like, and they do all these things. And he was like, I don't get it. I'm like, I know. Right. Cause they'd have hung me. They'd have taken me and hung me, you know, and it's always my joke that if there's, if, you know, I'm in Berlin, I've got one leg over the wall and I'm the girl getting shot down. I'm like, I would have been like, we need the vote. And I just feel so passionate. And I, and so it's like, I think the more you embrace that, it's only going to make your life better. But who was the person? Like we all have laundry. We all have dirty mm -hmm. underwear, dirty panties. Mm -hmm. So it's like, mm -hmm. The lie is that we shouldn't be in this life doing life together, pretending mm -hmm. we don't have dirty laundry. So like, it just makes mm -hmm. me think of, of those mind games from back in the day, you know, and how we have to write new narratives for ourselves because. Right. Because yeah. if you don't share some of your dirty laundry, then nobody's going to have the courage to share any of their dirty laundry. And maybe you just need to have a good old laundromat fest. I agree. Right. Like yeah. I just, I've almost like sharing my story has almost been therapeutic for me, because it's given me more connections through a hair and makeup, Instagram and Facebook page than I ever thought I could. Again, like going back, I thought I was sharing something that was talked about all the time. It was just my version of the same story, really. But I'm getting to know some of my followers better than I think some of even their family knows them because they feel safe. They're safe and they are safe with you. Yes. Absolutely. Because we've all had those days where we don't feel like getting out of bed. Some of us, it's just harder than others. Yeah. And, and I think, I just think we need to encourage more of it. And the girls at my office kill me because um, I love to like, if I see something, I will, I will say it out loud. I just like, and it's, and now I think it's, it's part of like Aisha Santos says, make it part of your brand. Like it's my mm -hmm. secret sauce, but I will see you in a grocery mm -hmm. store and I will talk to you about your red hair and how I wanted to be Reba McIntyre. And the first color I ever dyed my hair was red. And the girls at the office are like, you're so weird. And I was like, yeah, but you know what? She left and she was engaged and we had a nice conversation and we both loved it. Like, do you know what I mean? Or like a lady came in and her license was expired. And I was like, All, well, that means your insurance is invalid. Just friendly reminder for everyone who doesn't renew their license. And I was like, I'll drive you down to the licensing place. And she's like, really? I'm like, well, how are you going to get there? You don't have a license. And so she's like, okay. And we get in the car together and we drive and we chat. But like, I want to be the person that, that engages people and isn't afraid to like love mm -hmm. someone or isn't afraid to, um, but that means being weird. And now I'm, I've never wanted to be weird my whole life. I'm not one of those people who's like, put me under 
um, an overpass with like a black coat cloak and black eyeliner, like in the nineties, <laughs> I don't want to be weird, but I think what I've recognized is I want to be one of the 5% that people don't understand. I don't mm-hmm. want them to get me. Cause I want to be otherworldly or, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I want to be different. And I think the more we talk like this, the more it creates the desire of others. And my encouragement to others is that they need to share some of the stuff they haven't shared, not with just anybody in a safe place, but they need to share Mm -hmm. it because their story needs to be told. And that's the whole premise for this podcast is like Mm -hmm. your story needs to be told because when someone hears your story, they have more courage to live out theirs, Mm -hmm. right? And absolutely. And I think that that matters and being weird matters. And so go be weird. Okay. Um, what do you want the world to know from your story? <laughs> Key concept. What do you want the world to know? What a great question, Jen. Thanks. <laughs> that it's not going to go the way you thought it was going to go. Oh, that's good. And that it, it's going to be fine. It's going to be exactly what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I love that. If I knew about Rona and what it has done to my business and how it has cracked me open, if I knew about it before I started my business, I never would have started it. I don't feel like I'm alone in that. Um, but I think there's just, there's just so much more out there, right? Like I can't wait for the day that I don't have to wear a mask and a face shield and take people's temperature when they come through the studio. I can't wait for that day. Um, but I also just can't wait for what else is going to come out of all of this because of this. Um, but it's not going to go perfectly and it's not going to go the way that you think it's going to go. It's just going to happen the way that it's meant to happen. That's why I think no Let one should go. ever visit us. You don't want to know what's coming. I feel like you don't No, You're just going to make decisions that really mess up the process and things are supposed to happen the way that they're supposed to happen. I was supposed to finally come to terms with the fact that I have anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like I wasn't seeing it. I'm 34 years old and I'm finally reaching out to a doctor saying like, I am not okay. <laughs> totally. So, you know, what, when was I going to figure it out? Never. No, you're totally This was right. supposed to happen for me. This was supposed to happen for me. This didn't happen to me. This was supposed to happen for me. Oh, I think that's awesome. And I think so many, um, Yeah. Like I always said that the world felt like a zit that needed to be popped. Like my brother-in-law, I just love popping zits by the way. And I feel like my kids are starting to get blackheads and I'm like, and then their stupid sex ed teacher told them that you're not supposed to pop zits. I was like, look, look, you're all your teachers aren't totally correct. Okay. Get over here. Your teachers don't know anything. (laughs) They're not right. Um, but anyways, I, one of the things I was thinking is, um, Oh my gosh. What was I going to say? Um, I got zip popping. Oh my gosh. What were we talking about? 
that you always said that the world was like a zip oh, that yes. just needed to be popped. Thank you. I just got so excited. I could have my own Dr. Pimple Popper show. Um, I would gag, but I would keep going. Um, no. So the whole thing is that it felt like if, if you read books about the industrial revolution, how we weren't meant to work from five in the morning. We weren't meant to work till like be up till 10 at night. Like we weren't meant to live lives like that. That takes me back to all the autoimmune diseases and the anxiety and the depression. And we're living in um, a pressure cooker that we're not meant to live in, you know? And a lot of the stuff you said about your anxiety literally sounds like an autism or Asperger's. That sensory overload, the stimulation, the, the trauma in that setting, you know? And I believe the everything around us, this environment is pulling the trigger on these things. Right. And so it's like, we can't exist like this. We can't exist at this high of a level. And when I achieved like basically my life goal was to move to Vancouver Island and achieved that at like 36, I was like, well, what now? And I kept, I just kept hustling and hustling and building and building and building, you know, and, um, and as a, as a wife and a mom, you know, I'm still trying to cook all the meals and clean the house and do all those things and be all the things to all the people. But the pandemic, the zit popped, it popped and there's pus everywhere, <laughs> but it's a good thing. Right. And so we're all gagging. <laughs> we're all gagging. We're all gagging. Um, but I think it's like that sort of a thing where society, something had to give. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like definitely I have to say, I'm very thankful um, for the ways that it's changed. And I hope there's a whole lot less forced politeness. I hope that the introverts, cause I'm like, take me to the party. I'll be the one being like, Bailey, I'm going to talk to you over here. And Bailey, we're going to be in this conversation. <laughs> You'd be like, I don't want to sit by her. Right? And Jared would be like right in there with me. He can't wait for a shaker. Yeah. He's like, he's come down a little bit now. Like he's like, oh, I kind of like this, you know, like staying home and getting enough sleep and doing all yeah. these things that make me feel good. But yeah he'll be like off to the party and I'll be like, have a great time. I'll be exactly, <laughs> exactly. Cause it's call it's, me if you need a ride. That's right. Cause it's, it's a new, it's a new way of, um, allowing ourselves, you know, the grace that we need and not having to be someone we're not. Exactly. Well, and like the nice part for me is that not necessarily, necessarily for the label. I have anxiety. I am not anxiety. Um, is the people closest to me know what I struggle with. So now it's no longer a matter of, oh, just stay out till, you know, one or two o'clock in the morning. They know, like, it's just not good for my mental health. If I stay out till one or two o'clock in the morning, I wake up the next day and like, I'm totally, I'm, I'm wiped. And if I'm yeah. wiped, my anxiety is through the roof and that's not fun for me. So just let me leave at nine or let me leave at 10 and let me do my thing. Right. So um, or big groups of people, like even, and even for me, like I have an older brother and a younger sister. My brother has three kids and a wife. My sister has two kids and a husband, plus my parents, plus we have three kids. Um, it's a lot. Like I, we're having, we're hopefully going to be having um, a Critchley family supper mid-June, I think it is, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, my parents actually sold the house that we grew up in and they're moving into the city and they're hoping to have one more family supper out at the farm and if I'm being totally honest today 
and I feel like I'm having a good day today, um, I'm scared shitless. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. For a family dinner. Yep. Yep. That's interesting. Like my people. Those are my people. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy, but it's so like, mm -hmm. it's so much better that you say it. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause how but many like my, people, but like my people know, but my people know, my people know. Right. And like some more than others, like, um, I would say I talk to my sister more than I guess I talk to my brother. Um, but everybody knows, um, my mom and dad know. And, but the thing is, is like, like, I'm not going to miss that supper. Right. And so it's not even a forced politeness. It's like, like I'm forcing myself to do it because it doesn't really matter how much I maybe am not enjoying it. If it's too loud or if it's just too many people for my nervous system, like I'm having one more family supper at yeah. our childhood home. Like it's happening no matter how hard it is for me. Yeah. Right. So, but I'm scared. I'm scared. But I think also knowing in that moment, because they are your people and you know, they love you. Mm -hmm. Um, you're mm -hmm. also, it's a, it's a choice of commitment. You're more committed to having that last supper in that house than you are to Absolutely. letting your anxiety make a decision for you. Right. Absolutely. And even that, even that power to choose, but I think acknowledging because people would think, and I think that's a really good, honest wake up call for me because I am, um, because that's something I can't even imagine just much like where you're like, I can't even imagine like longing for these sorts of things, right? Like the opposite, but my husband is super, super, super introverted. And, and so that's where I think too, I think of him in those settings. It's such a, a good eye opener for me to think about how other people feel because we don't all feel mm -hmm. the same, you know? And no. And like, and I love my family and I can't wait to see my family. I haven't seen my brother. Oh, I feel like I haven't seen my brother and his family since July. I think that was the last time I saw them. Wow. Um, and I'm really, 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 really excited to see them. I'm just scared to see them all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. What's one word to describe your journey? Imperfect. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Imperfect. And as it should be. Yeah. Like yep. everything in life is perfectly imperfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just so ironic, you know, like my family makes fun of me because it's like, I'm like the Monica, right? With the, <laughs> I'm cleaning everything. I'll vacuum the vacuum off, right? Um, everything in my house is like lined up like perfectly because I like clean lines and it just makes my life very easy. <laughs> I've always been like that. <laughs> um, so it's funny that, you know, shit would kind of go so imperfectly in my business when I'm the one kind of calling the shots. <laughs> I think that's a little ironic. It's a little ironic, but you know what? I think, yep. You know, it's like, for lack of a better word, it's just perfect. It's perfect that it's happening this way because yeah. <laughs> People can't see you eye roll, but I assure you she's eye rolling her own comments. Um, but yep. I think everything is that way because we don't ever truly reach perfection. And if you know, you can't reach it, don't try to be perfect. Just do your best mm -hmm. and be happy with what shakes loose. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely.
because you don't need me to tell you this, but you're a pretty freaking rad girl and definitely <laughs> have an amazing heart. And I think it's so funny how many people told me to interview you. And I was like, okay, but I kept, I kept watching and I wasn't clear until I started to really see the mental health stuff playing out. I was like, what do I talk to this girl about? And, you know, and so I'm just, I'm so thankful that you were willing to come. And, you know, when I was like, are you willing to be vulnerable? I did not know all the things that were going to come out in this conversation. <laughs> um, but I mean, like anyone who's going to hear this is going to be absolutely touched. And I, I just know, I know in my heart that there are women listening who want to be perfect too, and who are struggling mm -hmm. and who, you know, in you admitting and being free, even though mm -hmm. it scares you, it's going to get easy for you. I can't wait to see you at 39. Mm -hmm. You're going to be so free. Um, but like you're giving them permission. They don't need the permission but we all seem mm -hmm. to think we do. And you're going to give them that permission. And I just mm -hmm. thank you for your honesty and running your race this way. Well, I'm super grateful for all the people that told you that you should interview yeah. me. <laughs> that is incredible and super humbling. Um, and I'm so glad that you did reach out. It was amazing. Like I said, it's just, it's kind of therapeutic for me to share my story. I mean, you kind of deep dived into some areas that maybe I haven't quite shared, shared with, um, I guess everybody in the social media realm, but for any of the women that listen to my story and see themselves in it, um, like you're not alone. Mm -hmm. You know, we all struggle with something, you know, everybody, you see them smiling, they might be having a bad day. You know, they said thank you for something. They maybe just had like a quick cry in the car. Like you don't know, right? You don't know what you don't know. And for anybody that can see themselves in my story, um, like it's okay. Like free yourself. You're the only one holding yourself back. I feel so much lighter uh, after finally saying like, I, I'm not okay, right? Like mm. something something is off, something is elevated. I, I feel like this all the time, it's getting worse. Um, and then it just got better when I started sharing my story. So and that's probably, that. yeah, that's probably the most recent kind of event, but it, it has made me, it's almost like I can finally tell everybody. Yeah but it wasn't a secret. Like I was never really holding it back from anybody. I just wasn't talking about it. You also thought it was normal. My close friends. Yeah. I didn't know that people didn't always feel <laughs> at an eight. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. And like, that's even my psychologist has said it right. Where she's just like, you know, we're going to hopefully get you to a place that like, that like people don't always feel like that. And I want you yeah. to feel that. And, and I want to feel that. I want to work to, to not feel like that. So if anybody can see themselves in my story, in, in just like, even like the smallest portion of my story, I am all ears and I'm happy to share what I did to kind of get myself out of it because I, I know how hard it is. And I know, I know how hard it is to kind of verbalize some of the things that you have to actually physically say, like you have to actually say them in order for people to step in and give you the support that you need. And that's a tough step. Well, and on every episode, I try to always blame the devil at least once. Um, it's kind of my thing. Um, but I, I always think like, if, if there's an area in your life 
where you feel utterly alone or you feel ashamed or you feel imprisoned, that's the devil, my friend. And he will control you and he will keep you alone and isolated and feeling other than, and that's not, that's not where God is. That's not where light is. That's not where freedom is, you know? And so, um, I've been trying to explain that to my kids. They're like, so where's the devil again? I'm like in all the worst places. Um, and so, but that's, but as soon as you recognize some of the stuff, honestly, it is like, it is like mind blowing. You can have a struggle or a bondage area your whole life. And all of a sudden you start calling it out and it's lost power. You feel alone, but the thing is, is that people are just waiting for you to say, like, I need help. Yeah. And then they're people all wanting up. to people be like, show up. I need help too. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, Absolutely. Bailey, I just love you. This was wonderful. Like, I just want to be you in, so much for having be me. in provost and hug you, even though you want to hug me back. I just, you know what, though? I'm going to be such a hugger after this pandemic. I've told everybody that everybody that I've seen I'm just like you just wait until after this pandemic I'm gonna walk into like a boutique and I'm gonna hug the store owners (laughs) I know I can't I can't wait to hug people again and I'm not a hugger so I don't know (laughs) maybe this pandemic made you a hugger miracles do happen Maybe, maybe I am going to come out of this pandemic a totally different person (laughs) No, I love it. But I have to say, if you're ever feeling like you're struggling with wanting to be perfect, just talk to me because I have like no desire to be perfect. And I think you need more friends that just embrace that. I don't ever want anyone to keep up with the Joneses. I don't want them to try and be perfect. Mm -hmm. I just want them to be messy, Mm -hmm. messy Mm -hmm. and with me. And you know what I mean? So yep. And real and real because that that's, that's all there is. We have nothing else except our yeah. Our real selves. Well, thank you for this conversation. You are the best. And this will bless many, many people, Bailey Allen. Hey, more Jody listeners. First of all, thank you for spending your time with me today and being here. I love what I am doing. I can't believe how much fun I'm having sharing these stories with you guys. So please like, subscribe, rate, review, share this podcast with one of your friends that you think really needs to hear it. And don't hesitate to send me a message and let me know what you'd like to hear more of on this podcast. Have an awesome day and choose to make the world a better place.